Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Decal Download Podcast, your source for the latest news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. I am here with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. This is Reg Griffin, and we appreciate you joining us this week and every week. You can always find us at decal.ga.gov or on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, X, YouTube. We're on Pinterest and Threads. You name it, we're there. Look for us on social media. We would love to hear from you. Well, earlier this year, DECAL awarded New Expanding Parents Access to Non-Traditional Delivery, or EXPAND, grants to seven child care providers and six nonprofit and government organizations. Supported by research and analysis showing that the availability of high-quality child care and early education plays a key role in Georgia's workforce development and economic growth, DECAL created the EXPAND grants with the growing need for child care outside traditional hours in mind. And Commissioner, we hope to learn a lot through these projects uh, happening in licensed child care providers who are expanding their operating hours and also governments and nonprofits who are forming collaboratives to address the challenges of child care access in their communities. That is a mouthful, it Reg. Is. Yes, we are excited to learn about this because this is an area of work that we have never really ventured into. We're always we've always been focused on supporting your traditional licensed child care program at 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., but you're right, we heard from uh, through surveys and, and other types of feedback that families need other options. And so that's why we're doing a pilot project to see what families really need in different parts of the state and how we might can support that. This is really one of those things that people may not have heard about that is really groundbreaking for DECAL. First time we've really done anything like this. The first right? time ever, yes. We've so, done a lot of pilot projects. We like a good pilot right? Uh, for good reason, so that we can study it and make sure it works, make changes if we need to. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time we've ever uh, looked at non-traditional care, which I'm glad we're looking into it. I'm not as excited as Bentley Ponder, but you'll hear from him later. Well, we're all excited, and uh, we're just really looking forward to what we're going to learn from these. We're going to give you the names of the programs. There may be one located near you, uh, so stay tuned for all of the details. Uh, joining us to uh, talk about the new Expand Grants is Shana Funk, Director of Research and Partnerships and Business Supports. Uh, Dr. Bentley Ponder is Deputy Commissioner for Quality Innovations and Partnerships uh, here at DECAL. And Jill Taylor is Director of Community Partnerships and 2Gen Outreach. Folks, we are so glad you're here today. We are happy to be here. Well, welcome. We've got Jill here in person. We've got Shana and Bentley joining us by way of Zoom. And uh, Jill, let's start with you. There, there are seven child care providers receiving grants ranging from 50000 to $500,000. That's amazing. And then six grantees from government and nonprofit uh, world kind of receiving $100,000 to $750,000. Tell us who they are. All right. So for the licensed child care providers, we have both family child care learning homes and child care learning centers. So for the family homes, we have Danielle Abenese and her center is or her program is called It Takes a Village. And that's in Swanee, Georgia or Gwinnett County. Edelina Lane from Lena Lane's Learning Center in Ellenwood or Clayton County. And then our five child care learning centers are Bright Horizons Preschool in Valdosta, Lowndes County, Bright Ones Learning Center in Fitzgerald, Ben Hill County, 
Creative Labs Learning Center in Alpharetta, Fulton County, and Learning Voyage Success Center in Winder, which is Barrow County, and Start Bright Academy Hiram in Hiram, which is in Paulding County. For our collaboratives, these are made up of nonprofits and government entities, and the funding for these are up to 750000 mm. And so we have on the list, we have, and grateful to be working with all of these, uh, the Alliance Theater, which is a division of the Robert W. Woodruff Center in Fulton County, City of Thomasville Payroll Development Authority down in Thomas County, uh, Columbus Technical College in Muskogee County, Georgia Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities in Atlanta here in Fulton, Atrium Health Navicent, uh, which is in Macon, Bibb County, and the Manufacturers Education Foundation, also known as Georgia Association of Manufacturers, here in Atlanta, Fulton County. So literally all over all Georgia. All over. They do cover the state. Like and from top to bottom. major cities to rural areas. Yeah, it's great that it, it covers the whole state. It's a great cross-section. We, we had a great... Uh, response to our the great opportunity wish we had chosen all of them but we couldn't wish we could have yeah yeah (laughs) we'll learn a lot from these absolutely what happens yeah well bentley as i mentioned you are probably the most excited person here we're all (laughs) excited but every time i see bentley he says i'm just so excited (laughs) um so and i'm glad that we're finally getting into this work but how did you come up with the idea to offer grants uh, that would help parent working parents who need child care during non-traditional hours I, I am really excited. Uh, this is this has been such a fun project to get up and running, and I just think it it's such a you know we know that families need this. I see this as an economic development and support initiative to you know help Georgia businesses, and then you know it's also a way to to help those providers that want to stay open later and to work and to work more with families. So to me, it's just kind of a win across the board. Uh, and I, I hope everybody's as excited as uh, as I am. The, you know, I kind of have to turn it back to you a little bit, Commissioner, on how we came up with the idea. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of you know that as we were, you know, determining, you know, how to allocate dollars related to the American Rescue Plan and some of the other COVID-19 uh, relief relief funds, we we wanted to 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 do a survey. We wanted to to look across the board and see what some of the needs were and just see where are some ways that we could be innovative with some of these dollars. And so from that feedback that was collected by the Urban Institute in 2021, supporting families during non-traditional hours really kind of rose to the top. And so from that, we looked at the research we heard we we asked them to actually dig deeper into the research and come up with more data. And from that, we decided that this would be a really good way to to do that. We knew that we had a lot to learn, and we're still learning. And uh, it's been it, it's been interesting to do this. But uh, you know, it's from that from that research that this that this project really formed. And you know, as you know too, it aligns so nicely with our strategic plan, and especially the way that we want to continue to expand two gen opportunities. So, Bentley, let me tag onto that just for a second and uh, help us understand better non-traditional hours. I think traditional hours in child care are probably 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., I suppose, Monday through Friday. What are non-traditional hours? 
Well, it's really it, it really is a wide range. So it's not just programs staying open later or staying open past, you know, 630 or 7 or opening earlier than 6 a.m. It's also programs that are open on weekends and options for families with that. And I would say a big piece, too, is, you know, a lot of families may not work uh, typical nine to five schedules. Every day they may have shift work. They may work different times throughout the week. And so it's really kind of you know making sure that we can do everything we can to provide access to families that meet their work schedules versus them having to have work schedules that meet uh, that that cater specifically to childcare. Right. I'm wondering if we're seeing more of that since the pandemic with people working side jobs, different hours, shift work, as mm -hmm. Bentley mentioned. I think I think everyone is working differently, and I don't think yeah. we figured out exactly what that looks like, but they are working differently because they need more flexibility to meet their family needs, right? And so right. we hope this is a part of that flexibility. And the kiddos are still there yeah, uh, amidst all the changes, and yeah. so those needs are always permanent. And just to take a second to say something that you've really reiterated to our team, and that is... I think the past three years have proven how important child care of all types is to the economy of Georgia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a, you know, we've been saying it forever that it's a workforce development piece that everyone needs to pay attention to. But you're right. The pandemic has definitely brought that to light to everyone and more people that usually wouldn't have thought of child care as a workforce component. Yeah. What do we do with the kids? And I just want to add in there that a lot of the research has shown the, the need for, you know, care for infants and toddlers. So when you look yes. at some of the, the the data and when, you know, children came back into child care, it was, uh, was our youngest children that came back first. Mm -hmm. I think that yeah, just underscores the importance of options for infants and toddlers among, you know, all of the children, too. So, Shana, I'm curious. Uh, we made this announcement. Uh, folks applied. How many applied? And what was the reaction like to news about the grants? Yeah, so there was a lot more interest in these grants than we originally anticipated. I think we just weren't quite sure what to expect with a brand new opportunity like this. Um, but when we opened up the application process and proposals started rolling in, it became clear we had a hit on our hands. Um, we received nearly 300 proposals, and about 75% of those were actually from our licensed childcare providers. That's terrific. How were they scored? Uh, and then the recipients, how were they determined? Sure. So as I said, we had nearly 300 proposals, but we only had room for 13 awards. So of course, that makes this a pretty competitive grant. So we needed to establish a very thorough review process. So each proposal that we received was actually independently evaluated and scored by three trained reviewers each. We then took the average of those three scores and ranked all the applications from highest to lowest. Based on these rankings, we pulled out some finalists. We had eight collaborative finalists and 13 provider finalists and actually asked them to submit some additional information to us for consideration. Based on this additional information, we finally came to our seven providers and our six collaborative grantees that we have today. So it was a very long process, but well worth it to make sure we were being fair to everyone who applied and to get down to the 13 incredible grantees that we have today. Not an easy job. No. Not an easy task. No, by, and we, by we take far. it very seriously because everyone's application, you know, they all spent so much time on them. We wish we could award more, but we're very happy with the 13 we ended up with. Yeah, that's great. You know, so often it would be easy to just take that amount of money and make them smaller grants, but I'm glad that we kind of stuck 
to our guns on that because I think now, because these are significant investments, we can really see the difference that these programs can make in their unique approaches wherever they happen to be. So that's that's exciting. Absolutely. It is exciting. Yep. And you can tell that we put a lot of work into making that final decision. But now the real work begins, right? And not only do our grantees have to roll up our sleeves, but um, our team here at DECAL. So how are we working with the grantees to plan and then implement the projects they have proposed? Because we have um, we have two different types of these grants. So we have the child care providers and we have the, um, the collaboratives. So for the most part, when you think about working with a child care program, they are really good at running a child care business. They are. Then you think about the nonprofits and government entities, and they're really good at doing their business-type job, and they stay in that lane. But for us, with these grants, they're having to merge those two. And it's important that they have support from DECAL um, to be able to do this. So there are two phases of these grants, and one is the planning phase, which runs from October the 1st through December the the 31st of this month, uh, this year. And then the implementation phase will begin in January and run through December of next year. So Shana and I have really, really, really been working with these grantees on almost a daily basis. We started with consultations, one-on-one consultations with each grantee when they first started in October. And that included those consultations. We brought in other staff from our Quality Innovations and Partnerships Division as well as representatives from DECAL's CAPS, or our Child Care and Parent Services Division, licensing, nutrition programs, and our legal division. The purpose of these was to answer any questions about our grantees, as our grantees were jumping into their planning phase. And since then, we have continued to meet on a one-on-one basis with each of our grantees, um, as needed to answer questions about funding use, work through any barriers they may be having, and just to stay in touch when their project progress. As project implementation begins or set to begin in the new year, we will continue to provide support to each grantee based on their needs. So look forward to, and I know you're going to talk a little bit about tomorrow as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking you and Shana now have at least 30 new friends that you're talking to on a regular basis. That's (laughs) right. And we're grateful for that. And I think it's great that you guys are there because these proposals – in and of themselves are unique and maybe something never tried before. And you guys are able to kind of help them navigate, as you said, uh, outside of their normal (laughs) lane. Uh, So that's, that's very cool. Well, we're recording this podcast on December 14th. Tomorrow, December 15th, all of the grantees are meeting here at DECAL for a big kickoff. Bentley, tell us about that. Well, we are really excited about this and bringing everybody together tomorrow. One of the things that we consistently hear from grantees when we're doing grants like this is they want time to interact and meet with each other and hear what they're doing and learn from that too. So that's really, I would say, the big purpose of tomorrow was to get all of our grantees together, let them meet each other and hear about their exciting projects. So that'll be the big part of the agenda. We also will have our evaluators from... uh, 
UGA's uh, CVIOG, Carl Vinson Institute of Government, that'll be here talking about the evaluation of the data that they'll be collecting, and we'll be able to answer some of the grantee questions. Uh, you know, I think it's been alluded to a lot in the podcast. We are learning a lot from this. Uh, we This is the first time we've done this. And so there's been a lot of, you know, questions that we didn't anticipate, and we knew that would happen. And so hopefully tomorrow will be a chance for us to answer more of those and actually hear some of the questions that uh, that are arising as well. Well, there are two types of expand grants funded by ARP. Can you talk a little bit about the differences? So the first type of grant we have is for licensed child care providers to support them in extending their operating hours. So that could be later in the evening, earlier in the morning, in some cases overnight or on weekends. Um, Any of those hours that they need in their specific communities to support families there who need care during non-traditional hours. So the provider grantees are using their expand funds to make any needed adjustments or improvements to their programs to facilitate these extended hours. And then we also have our collaborative grants for nonprofit organizations or government entities. Yep. And Jill? So I'll talk a little bit about our collaborative grantees. So these, again, are made up of our nonprofits and our um, government entities. But they proposed a variety of projects to implement based on the need of child care solutions in their, or to find child care solutions in their community. So we did not want to be so prescriptive with our proposal when we put it out there because we don't know what or we didn't know what um, what communities need Um, and there are many industries related type businesses there that that do work overnight and on the weekend Um, so just for them to tell us what they needed so we listened and um, some of the grantees will be utilizing funds to develop and distribute a needs assessment Um, to determine how many employees working in, say, hospitals or those industry-related businesses, how many of those have a need for child care during non-traditional hours. After they collect the data, they'll be working with existing child care programs, licensed programs, to extend their hours of operation based on the need. But some examples I think it'd be interesting to share with our listeners about some of the projects that our grantees are working on. So for Columbus Technical College, through their partnership with Head Start, which is an enrichment services program, the students enrolled in their early childhood care and education program will have child care during non-traditional hours there. Now, this also includes evening and on Saturdays, mm. which is new. Mm-hmm. Um, the Georgia Association of Manufacturers will provide funding to child care providers to extend their operating hours, specifically for families working in 13 of Georgia Association Manufacturing Manufacturing Members who are located across the state. Mm-hmm. Department of Behavioral, he- Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities, Thomasville Payroll Development Authority, and the Atrium Navicent Health are working to provide child care solutions to hospital employees. Many of those hospital employees work seven to seven. Right. So they certainly need care. Either they need child care businesses in the area to extend those hours and not close at six, stay open a little bit later for families to get there, or they may need the overnight care. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we'll talk about the Alliance Theater. So in partnership with YMCA of Metro Atlanta, they'll pilot an early childhood care, child care model for theater artists who work non-traditional hours on short-term contracts. Many of their productions are short-term. Right. So it's interesting that they have decided to to figure out a way to find some child care solutions for those employees. For their own employees. Right. I love that. We've partnered with them for a number of years in our summer transition program. That's right. uh, Where the actual actors have gone out. And by the way, this was a highlight for me. I loved going to the Alliance Theater when I was a kid. It was my favorite field trip. And so for these actors to be going out to the programs, 
phenomenal. How cool. But now for us to be able to assist them in that way, I think it's terrific. We have a lot to learn mm-hmm. from all these grantees. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of new, new models to learn from, yeah. for sure. Well, child care providers are a part of this as well. So what are some of the projects that the licensed child care providers are working on for these non-traditional hours? Thanks, Commissioner. So we have, you know, as Jill mentioned, we have seven child care providers. Uh, some of the providers are using the funds to extend their operating hours. Uh, some, some are opening earlier, some are staying open later, and then some are staying open during the weekend hours. Um, the providers can also use their funds to pay staff during these new operating hours, and it includes staff that are working to provide meals, transportation, and even additional administrative staff. Because we know it takes a lot to uh, to run to run childcare, and then to also you know uh, extend those hours. Uh, some of the things we may not have thought about, but you know some of the some of our providers are using funds to install new security cameras as they'll be you know staying open during times when it's more likely to be dark. Uh, they may need storage for additional bedding, may need different classroom su- supplies. Sometimes quality looks a little bit different when you're talking about non-traditional hours. And then just some other maintenance pieces. And then of course we can also, you know, our grantees can also use funds for additional professional development and advertisement. That's great. We're learning a lot about childcare around the clock. And uh, this is this is pretty, pretty new and pretty exciting. Um, it's always important for us to learn as much as possible from these grants for possible use in the future. And we are very fortunate to have the Carl Vinson Institute of Government assisting on that with an external evaluation. Shana, can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. So with any new program, especially a pilot program like this, we always want to have an evaluation component so that we can learn as much as possible. So like you said, Reg, with this particular evaluation, we're working with UGA's Carl Vinson Institute of Government And they're helping us learn about the implementation of the grants, the experiences of the grantees, their methods for increasing access to non-traditional hour care, and about the families who are ultimately able to benefit from the extended hours. So they're helping us to collect some monthly data from each of our grantees, and they'll also be conducting focus groups and interviews to hear more about those specifics towards the end of the projects. So really what we wanna learn is, you know, did the expand grants work? What can we adjust for next time? And are there any methods for increasing access to non-traditional hour care that we might be able to apply more broadly? I keep wanting to call these laboratories around the state because in many ways they are, yeah. you know? Yeah, they kind of are. Sounds sounds fancy anyway. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm excited to to see some of those results as they start coming in along the way to give us more information on what we need to do next. Well, it's also important to point out that expand grants are just one component of more than $2 billion in supports that DECAL has developed using federal financial relief funds to help the child care industry, families with young children, and communities surmount the challenges resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic. What else have we been doing with this money, Bentley? The agency has allocated more than $100 million in one-time bonuses for early care and education teachers. As you know, we have distributed over $1 billion in Staple Forwards awards to support child care and providers and awarding child care education scholarship supplements access, as it's more commonly known, payments to support families with CAP scholarships. We've also made available tens of millions of dollars in quality rated restoration grants to help providers uh, strengthen and increase their quality. And we've also done a lot to just uh, 
offer communities different different options for increasing access for early education in their in in their in their localities. So excited about all this. I uh, want to give a shout out to our Thrive Child Care Business Academy. We're seeing a lot of success with that. And it's just been, you know, it's not always been easy during the last couple of years, but it's been nice to have these opportunities uh, with this funding. Well, this is great news and uh, so excited about the 13 grantees all across the state. The big kickoff is tomorrow, as we mentioned, and we want to follow up with you guys to hear how that went. And uh, we're looking forward to updates um, in 2024, Jill, on uh, what all is going on from Gosh, Columbus, I heard uh, Macon in there, um, all kinds of play, Atlanta. All across the state. So, yeah, that's terrific. Uh, good luck with the meeting tomorrow, and you. Uh, you guys come back and tell us more. We'd love to. We'll Thank do. You for Thank you. Us. Now, what are your questions for Commissioner Jacobs? Let's go to the water cooler. Hi, my name is Leticia, and I work in the CAT division here. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is... How do we address the challenge of making quality early education accessible to all children, regardless of their social economic background? Uh, well, hello, Letitia, and thank you for your question. So um, ensuring that all children have access to high quality early learning is definitely uh, a big task, but it is our vision here at DECAL. And so everything we do is really all about that, whether it's providing uh, support through our CAP subsidy program to 70,000 children, uh, 80,000 you know, pre-K students each year are served for free in our pre-K program, making sure that uh, we have healthy and safe licensed programs throughout the state, supporting our teachers and our workforce. So it's definitely not a silver bullet. It's really a combination of everything we do here at DECAL. And I've just named a few that helped support that vision. CAP's obviously a big part of that, uh, really two-generational enterprise. Absolutely. It helps uh, Yeah, helps parents with the cost of child care while they either go to school or go to work. So yeah. absolutely. So, Letitia, you're doing That's part right. Of, you're part of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're a big part of it. Thanks for listening to Decal Download. It's time for you to answer a trivia question based on today's Decal Download. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Just email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. What are the new grants exploring child care during non-traditional hours called? What are the new grants exploring child care during non-traditional hours called? Answer that correctly. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers. And you could win a nice prize from Wild Adventures Theme Park, The School Box, McDonald's, Lakeshore Learning Materials, Georgia Public Broadcasting, Georgia Lottery, Georgia Aquarium, Fun Spot America, Dollywood, College Football Hall of Fame, Chick-fil-A, or Callaway Resort and Gardens. Again, what do we call the new grants exploring child care during non-traditional Hours. Send your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. You could be a winner. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for listening to the Decal Download Podcast. The Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning improves outcomes for children and families by strengthening early learning experiences in partnership with early education programs, professionals, stakeholders, families, and communities. Their vision is that every child in Georgia will have equal access to high-quality early care and education. For more information, visit their website at decal.ga.gov. 
Join the conversation at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.